welcome in. Thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. Coming at you Tuesday, February 22nd. It is old. You guys stole my thunder. I know, sorry. You guys stole my thunder. I tried to wait. I know. I couldn't wait. Do you guys write the date often? No. No, you don't. No. Have, oh, see, I like that's what I do a lot. Like on a daily basis, I'm typing out the date, and so I have been looking forward to two two twenty two or two twenty two twenty two coming up for a while. Two 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 two. Yeah, happens about every decade. I mean, specifically oh, once a decade. Yeah, oh, but yeah. it's the last time for a while, though. I mean, you get like the three three thirty three, but you yeah. won't get a three thirty three. And just saying two two well, over and over years. and over sounds cooler. You will not have a three thirty three thirty three because there's not ah, thirty three days. God, Connor. Ah, so this see, is the last okay. time you get like all right, the full, all right, This see. is a big deal for those of us big that time. are obsessive. This is big okay? time. Yeah. I look for this is how I get through the monotony of a February month. I Jared's mean, month big day guy, Connor. Show him some respect. Ah, please. Okay. Please a little bit of respect. Hey, I'm there. And I look outside today and is is today. Not as February as a day. It's can such get. a two 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 two. It's such a Tuesday. See, that's the thing. That was the fun I was going to plan. It's Tuesday. We could start the show because it's all twos, it. and it's on Tuesday, so it's Tuesday. <laughs> it's actually a lot better if you read it. T W O S D A Y Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. sounds good. The audience out there, guys, they are loving this right now. Yeah, they are yeah. loving. I know these the two are, you guys are giving me looks like move on. These are dad jokes to the max, but I'm all about <laughs> this particular dad joke. Tuesday. It is a little crazy out there. Uh, how are the roads for you guys coming in? Horrible. Give me a break. It wasn't that bad. I drive a Corolla. So. Nick's a pansy. So. Okay. Also true. <laughs> for those of you out there listening early Wednesday morning, it's probably rough for you guys. Once everything is sat and frozen and you're getting out there in the morning, it's bad. But even surprisingly, as cold as it's been today, the roads aren't frozen at all. So. You know, You know when it's frozen, you know all you have to do? Oh, no. Here it comes. Just let it go. Uh, uh, I wish. Mm. Okay, there we go. Okay, and and you guys thought Tuesday was bad. I mean, <laughs> come on. We took all of our sound effects. Yeah, off I know there's. Out of I know there's booed. some. There's some fathers out there with uh, you know, daughters that have watched Frozen as many times as I have that are probably cracking up right now in their cars or whatever they're doing. All right, so back off. Get yeah, off my. That's grill. what we do here at Red Rock Sports. We try to target the smallest audience yep. that we yep. can find yeah. listening yeah. to us. And those few out there listening, make sure you find us on Twitter. At Red Rock Sports One. Let me try that again. I, I stumbled there. Red Rock Sports One. Or you can also, if you want to check out any of the other shows on the Woos Media Network, you can search Woos Media on whatever player you're listening to or look online at woosmedia.com. W O O Z E media.com. Boom. First time I ever got a drop in the first five minutes That's of the how we show. Do it. No stumble. I it. Like Macy Gray. Oh, Connor. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm on fire today. <laughs> oh Guys, I am God. on fire today. Oh, well, I then, it. I think we should probably turn the mic over to you since you're just hot. Yeah, he's hot. And see what you got. You said coming into the day, you had a ton for this week in sports history. Oh, sports history. Yeah. So it, it, it's a juicy week. We got is. a juicy week. We are still working on producer Nick over here, sound guy. I'm working on a clip. Baby steps. Baby steps. Well, and, and in Nick's defense here, the uh, normal laptop with all of the sounds and everything on it is Gone. conveniently missing mm. from the studio today. All right, well, I'll give us a sound clip. This day in history. There we go. All right. A little jazz. All right. All right. We'll so this that. week in sports history. 
I like that we went jazz for the that. Jazzy, I think yeah. the, the jazz is good. So, That's like the brush on it, right? We're going with the brush. <laughs> it's like a light tap. Like a light, like a... <laughs> I do like, I like the little jazz, yeah. yeah. Makes me want to get some jazz hands. Okay. Uh, so on this week in sports history... Connor, correct me if I'm wrong. You play the saxophone, don't you? I used to. I, I'm much better at the guitar, but I'm still not good at either, so... He's, he used choice yeah. word better. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. All right. This week in sports history, where we tell you what happened this week uh, in history. Uh, ninth year, I'm sorry. February 22nd, 1860. Organized baseball was played in San Francisco for the first time between the Eagles and the Red Rovers. And it was one of the first recorded baseball games in the West uh, in America. Because there were some Eastern uh, games going on. But it was it was the first time in the West in the United States that baseball existed. 1860, huh? Yep. Nick's going to love this one. In 1888, also on February 22nd, the father of American golf, John John Reed, first demonstrates golf on a Yonkers cow pasture to his friends. So, and he is credited for the first time that golf was played in America. I wonder if he hobbled it. On this day. On this day. Wow. In 1888. Yeah. And uh, let's see, what, what else we got? We got, on this day, in 1996, actress Halle Berry files for a divorce from okay, David okay. Justice. Yeah. But from you, David skip, Justice. you skip right past, like, the one of the biggest moments in United Great States job, sports Allie. history. February 22nd, 1980, the United States Olympic men's hockey team Ooh. Defeats the Soviet Union. Whoa! In a game. Why, why do you think I skipped over? I, why? Why well, are you, you accusing me of logically? You went 1860. You went 1896, no, no, no. and then you went. None of this is chronologically. That just was a coincidence. Coincidence. Yeah. Uh, well, I hit you first. Oh yeah, you got it. You came at it. See, look at Jared. That right there. The game we all know as the Miracle on Ice. Good stuff. Again. All on the twenty second. Too. Back. This is the Again. crazy thing. It all on the twenty seconds. You know why? Because people like Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, but it wasn't Tuesday. Maybe. Well, it might have been. been. Yeah, I don't know. All right. All right. Let's move, moving on. We got the twenty fourth, February twenty fourth, two thousand two. Joe Sackick. Um, scores twice as Canada defeats the United States 5-2 to two to win the Men's Hockey Olympic gold medal in Salt Lake City. That one sucks. U.S. doesn't yeah. win. I don't like that one. But it's Joe Sackick. Yeah, I don't know. Still doesn't count. count. Olympics All have right. been really meh for me this year. Right, how about this? How about this? February 25th in 1964, Muhammad Ali wins his first world heavyweight boxing title Sonny Liston. when Sonny Liston fails to come out for round seven at the convention center in Miami Beach. Wow. I know. Fantastic. I got a... Uh, no, you know what? That's it. I, I lied. That's all. That's all I got for you in, in this week. In it's history. still pretty deep. It's still pretty Hefty. deep. There's a lot of uh, very influential things, and in, in everyone tries to just breeze right past February, yeah. but look at all the things that happen. I am excited. It's almost over. I like that. Yeah. Of all the days to have 28 days, yeah. or of all the months to have 28 days. Of all the days to have 28 <laughs> days. I know. Uh-huh. February is the worst by far. Yeah. Imagine being born on a leap year. That'd be cool. Wouldn't that be wild? That actually would be really cool. <laughs> would you do February 28th or would you do March 1st as your birthday? Uh, I oh, I would know. just pick a day. At that you point, I get like any day I want. Yeah. Do you guys work on your birthday? I don't know. Maybe what you yes. do Maybe what you do is you actually count out 365 days from then and then whatever day that falls on. I mean, if I knew math, I would know the answer off the top of my head, but I don't. It'd probably be like March 3rd. <laughs> yeah, now you really lost me. Uh, brutal. Well, hey, it's hopping week. <laughs> hopping week in brutal. history. Brutal. Okay, okay. Going back to the first one you mentioned, the Red Rovers. Why has no team 
pick that name up. All these teams that are having to change names. The Washington football team just became the... Co- Com- command- Commanders. 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 Com- brutal. And you got uh, uh, Cleveland became the Guardians. I mean, I think somebody could have gone Red Rover. The Cleveland Red Rovers? That would have cool. been great. Actually, That's actually, cool. Actually, you know what? When you say it, it... it, it oh, really? It CRR? I like it. I like it, too. Red Rover, Red Rover. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, some good stuff. Uh, actually, a lot of good stuff happening here um, in history and uh, a, a fairly good week in sports. You know, you mentioned the Olympics. That all kind of wrapped up this week. Thank Any, God. Anyone Ooh, tune I, in to that? Ooh, I'm sorry. I got one last one. Uh, just happened. Just this year. So Paxton is, is Lynch it? was released from the CFL. Oh, that's big too, turn. That's too bad. You know, that is too bad. At a certain point, do we actually feel bad for Paxton or mm. it's the same way. I don't feel bad for Sam Bradford. That dude was hurt more than anybody in the history of the league ever. And he had to have gotten paid the oh, most for the littlest Sam Bradford, man. Yeah. Okay. That sorry. guy worked it. I, I broke the flow, but you definitely we're did. back. Uh, yeah, we're back. I just had to mention Paxton. Lynch, so, you know? hey, so you didn't uh, have to, I didn't <laughs> have to. I wanted to. <laughs> Back to Olympics. Are you, do you guys nothing? You guys didn't follow at all. Don't care to follow. I literally did not follow it at all this year. Not not even a little bit. I mean, wow. I, I I didn't even watch the opening ceremonies, which is unusual for me because I typically watch the opening closing ceremonies and I catch a little bit here and there. So but, uh, typically, not, not this time. Uh, every couple of years when they come around, I get so caught up in like the first three or four days. I'm watching like every event, and then by the time medals are actually being awarded. I'm just like so over it. So I got smart this year and I only went and recorded all the ones with the medal. If you win a medal, I'm, I'm watching it. So I watched a lot of it. It's fun. You get to the most random weird sports. I get. I, I seriously know more about curling than I should know. Well, curling is like, definitely underrated. I think it's the other ones that I struggle with. I don't particularly care for like figure skating or figure skating or so the- figure skating. It's just kind of like... <laughs> The dancing ones are getting a little bit too much for me, but but with curling, I realized something in watching all this curling. So many terms that we use within like the sports world, I'm pretty sure they originated from curling. I can't say this definitively, but they use terms like a hack when you throw it. That's the hack, right? So get up there and take a hack, you know, right on the button. You know, some of these terms, I'm like, oh my god, that must be where that originated from. Like, I, I thought that was cool. I enjoy it. I thought it was fun. The U.S. kind of sucks now, though. When did that happen? Didn't the U.S. used to dominate Winter Olympics? I think Olympics? this is the first no. time. I don't know. No? I, no, I don't What think happened so. with, like, Anton Apollo Ono or whatever? Wasn't, didn't he win just, like, clean sweep of everything? I mean, that's fine, but it doesn't mean he's... Whatever his name is, he didn't account for all the gold medals of every country. I mean, you know, you know what I mean. I'm pretty sure the United States has always been behind Norway in, in the in winter. They're in pretty, the winter. Uh, are we better in summer? Yeah, oh, we're really yeah. good. In summer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we summer. got them run. We're runners. USA Winters. number one. Track and field. In summer. Also, uh, swimming is really boring. For the summer. Oh, I, no. That's like the highlight no, of it. No, no, I can't no. watch it. It's, Michael it's Phelps announcing no. swimming. Oh, my God. That no, is the prime time entertainment. No, I right can't. There. I can't watch it. Wow. Yeah, it's boring. Give it a chance. I've given it several chances. The short ones. You got to go with the short ones. Anything where they got to go I'd back rather and watch swimming any day than, than golf. Any day. Wow. Yeah, any day. So. Oh, my God. There you go, Dick. I don't think we can all be friends anymore, guys. <laughs> The Masters? You won't even tune into the Masters? The, I, I tell, Nick, would rather I tell watch. Nick that the Masters is the is the only one that I will tune into a little bit. Just a little bit. But yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a Sunday I love playing guy. golf. I like playing golf. Yeah. I'm just not a fan of watching golf. I think it's like watching paint dry. So, you know. Sometimes, though, that's <laughs> kind of what you're looking to do. Yeah. Yeah. 
I love it. Also this weekend was the NBA All-Star Game. Ugh. Sunday. Woof. And, uh, okay, I know your opinion now, Nick. Yeah. Connor, something tells me you watched every second of NBA <laughs> All-Star He had a full breakdown weekend. of Jokic's game at the All-Star That's Game. That's not true. But I did watch uh, – I did watch the – I definitely watched the first half. The second half was a much more kind of a – you know, tune in, tune out, kind of catch the highlights top thing. I, I, I like it. I like the whole, the th- you know, now we've talked about all-star games in the past and I've, I have put the NBA pretty low, not as bad as the Pro Bowl. Like nothing is as bad as the Pro Bowl, but uh, you know, the all-star weekend for, for NBA, I like it. It's okay. I mean, it's, it's a little gimmicky, but it, it's fun. I like seeing all the, I, I like watching like all the interviews of the different players and like watching how they interact and just kind of talking to each other. Um, I thought this year was particularly cool. The, you know, being the 75th anniversary of the league. And so they had the NBA all 75 team uh, in, which was kind of cool. I mean, it's pretty cool to see just all these legends on one stage together in a picture. So there's nothing better than seeing guys in their 60s, 70s, 80s on like, being recorded and you know like I, i'm i'm thinking of uh uh what's his face the the uh the the celtics great uh bill uh, russell no and i'm just slipping on his name the white guy larry bird larry bird uh, larry's not white larry's clear he's definitely clear but just looking at him just waving at the camera <laughs> no idea where he's supposed to look or what's going it's on there's too many cameras yeah yeah it happens it happens uh but yeah it was you know i think these weekends are fun but like I actually thought about this, right? Because we've discussed this before. What basically what All-Star games are the worst? They all suck. Except they should just get rid of all the All-Star games. Just give me skills challenges. The only one that doesn't is MLB. And MLB is by far and away my least favorite sport. I feel like at least they take it somewhat it's kind of hard to like like slack it in baseball. You know what I mean? I think what would be cool is if for NFL, and they used to do this actually in the Pro Bowl like weekend, they should do it for NBA too. Um, is is like a three on three or like a half court three on three? Let all like the seventies all stars play each other. Like like the seventies versus eighties. I love that. Get, be awesome. get more gimmicky. That's the key. Is you're not going gimmicky enough. Get rid of any game. Quit trying to make a semblance of a game of basketball. Have some fun. Throw something different. Especially because now the the three on three is an Olympic event. I mean, like you can do fun things like that. You know. So I think you could do some different things. I love. Or I I used to love as a kid growing up. I love. Watching the dunk contest. I love oh. the three point shooting, all of that. I think you could take that even farther. Make that the focal point. Have like Larry Bird be in a three point contest. That'd be, have these old geezers do okay, a three that'd point contest. Okay, that'd be fun. How fun would that be? They, that would be cool. They used to do uh, in the Pro Bowl, it was like seven on seven flag football where you'd have like John L.A. and Jerry Rice on a team, and then you'd have Warren Moon and all these guys. It was sweet. And you believe that there's like bonuses given out based on these these things not necessarily the performances within the game but like i know in in the nfl tons of players have bonuses tied to making the pro bowl and it's a joke because half the guys that make it don't want to go and then they just keep inviting down this trevor simeon made was invited to the pro bowl one year i mean like (laughs) come on let's 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 be real here uh but back to the nba all-star weekend and specifically the dunk contest. Connor, did you watch that at all? I did. I watched all of it. I didn't. Was it any good? It was as no. bad as the social media. <laughs> okay, that's because that's why I'm like social media was just ripping. Yeah, it was horrible. It was bad. The dunk con the dunk contest is bad. I, th- I think the NBA needs to do something. I, they, uh, here, here's 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 mistake number one. 
continuing to keep the dunk contest as the quote unquote like premier event. It's the last one. It's the one that, you know, is in the primetime slot and it's just it's awful. The three point contest was so much better. If they were to flip it, you would be less disappointed because you'd watch Wait, like a cra- you'd watch a crappy dunk contest and then you'd watch the three point contest. No, I like this idea that I've seen people float around on the internet. I don't think Nick likes this idea, but I've seen a whole bunch of people talking about this on the internet. There are um, like professional dunkers out there that aren't, they're not good at basketball, but they are professional, like, you know, Harlan Globetrotter type dunkers. Right. And they do. If you go look at their stuff on YouTube, it's pretty sweet. Like they have some pretty freaking sweet dunks. How about having a few of those guys come and do a dunk? And, and so I know some people like Nick's like, well, they're not in the NBA. So like, why, why are they in an NBA all-star game? I don't know. I'm just thinking at this point, it's like, I, I kind of like the idea because it brings, okay. In some- I, I don't disagree with you. I think that'd be again, gimmicky get gimmicky and have fun with it because then people actually might tune into it especially with today's social media world and if these guys are social media stars you may get a whole different audience that's never paid attention to or cared about the nba now watching an nba event it right could be right fun. i mean it these people different. have their own following and they're um, not necessarily nba fans yeah i think there's something to that but i've heard the idea of Get rid of the format of the dunk contest. And I don't know if they're still doing like a timer or how they do it. It's like a certain number of attempts. Yeah. Give me horse. Horse would be so badass. I would be so down to watch horse. How awesome would that be? Oh, totally. Even if, even separate from the dunk contest, I am down to just watch horse like as a whole separate thing. That could be fun. Some one-on-one would be kind of cool. Some two-on-two. It'd be cool. Unfortunately, I have a hard time thinking that you would get any star power in one-on-one okay. because they're not going to want to lose a one-on-one game I to can another understand star that, but on national what TV. What kills me is these stars, and I'm going to call out one specifically, oh, and no. one LeBron. I knew James, you are going to say Okay, it. In my mind, guys like him, not just him, but guys like him, he is a super mega dunker, and he never went into the dunk contest. That's why it's in the state that it is because the stars don't want to be a part of it anymore. They don't care about it. And it's not like a home run derby. You're like, oh, I don't want to mess up my swing, you know? It's a dunk contest. Go out there, throw down a couple of dunks and have some fun. MJ did it. I'm just saying MJ did it. So did a lot of other stars in their day. And it's like, this is the first generation of superstars that want no part in it. Whether it's three-point contest, whether it's the dunk contest, I hate it. I think that would make it so much better if... I literally have never heard of most of the guys that do the dunk contest. You might as well throw out guys you, that aren't You've never heard of them? Never heard of them. Ah. As a casual fan, I'm like, who? I gotta go look this guy up. Who does he even play for? What does he do? I mean, I, I like the players, but they just weren't... I, they're not the premier dunkers in the NBA, so I agree with you. I, I get your point. Yeah, LeBron James ruined it. It's 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 pretty trash. So <laughs> it's it's pretty trash. I gotta say, but uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like it still. I mean, I'll still watch it. It's still basketball. I'll watch it. Nikola Jokic is there, so you know. And Jokic did have a pretty good game. He played just twenty one minutes, but put up ten points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Where are they trying to block him getting a triple double? I'm just saying, every other starter played <laughs> a lot more minutes on LeBron's team. Oh man, I don't know who's don't, in charge. Don't even of this. come at me with this. Jared. I wish I had I the conspiracy music. To this. Perfect. Don't even. It's just an all star game, Jared. Don't don't make the same mistake that Nick Wright, idiot Nick Wrong, as as Jamal Murray calls him, Nick Wrong, uh, made. Did you see what he said, Nick? No. Did you see? Oh man, he used this. You know, he's a he's a Joker hater. Yeah, like definitely Joker hater. Um. He goes on his his show. What is it? First take or, or something? Goes on there, 
and the, the first of all, a bogus question was asked, what do you make of Nikola Jokic not playing in the fourth quarter in the All-Star game? And this guy uses it to go on a tirade about how I don't ever want to hear again how I have to treat this guy like one of the best players in the league. When Monty Williams, the coach, uh, one of the greatest coaches in the game, took a look at the roster and said, what's the best way to win, and decided to go with no center instead of Nikola Jokic. First of all, he was wrong. There was a center playing, the, the, uh, the Cleveland center, um, Jared Allen. But, uh, yeah, he used it, he used it as like a, a, to go on a full Just, tirade. Justifying uh, his stance. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he's talking about how Jokic was drafted by the KD-LeBron draft is seventh, so even his peers didn't have him as a top, you know, player, and and then he's not playing in the fourth quarter, and he doesn't ever. He wants an apology from everyone. I mean, he this guy's lost his mind, dude. I'm sorry, but uh, anyways, along those same lines, Jared, uh, it's an all star game. No, I don't take anything from that. It doesn't matter at no, all. No, and no I was, I, I, I hope that came across. That I was poking fun at yeah, that because no, that has ridiculous. been a very uh, popular topic in in uh, Nuggets uh, social media circles about how and, uh, he didn't get his chance to get a triple double uh, and you know I mean, it would have been cool but Nikola Jokic's game is is his mastery is not really well suited for an all-star game I mean an all-star game obviously has no defense right the majority of what makes him so great is that he dissects defenses I mean he takes whatever defense you are trying to put your full effort into and he just rips it to shreds. He says, okay, you're going to double me. I'm going to find the open guy. If you're going to single cover, you know, I'm going to back you down and, and make a little baby hook. I mean, um, his, you know, the all-star game is a lot of, uh, is predicated a lot with one-on-one -on -one play and isolation and high flying dunks, right? Like trick dunks and uh, people just taking outrageous shots. I mean, even that doesn't fit into Jokic's, you know, skill set because I, I'm, the guy can't make himself take outrageous shots. I, I, that's just not him. Like, he doesn't even want to, even in an all-star game, he doesn't want to pull up from half court and shoot because like, oh, that's well, not a good shot, you know? So, I don't know, man. The all-star game is not really suited for Jokic to really display his brilliance in, in any way, and so I don't take anything from it. But it, it's fun. It's fun to watch. Nick hates it. Nick hates that's the all-star game. That is actually yeah, it's a waste of time. <laughs> Oh, what good. are we doing here? You know yeah. what I mean? Let him shoot threes, play some horse, play some three or four. Horse is a good idea. I'll be down for some horse. Horse would be good. I like yeah. it. All right, NBA, tune in. Listen to us here. We got some good ideas here. Okay, you mentioned that NBA 75, uh, 75th anniversary of the NBA, and they put together their NBA 75 team, okay? And this is the... Uh, Celebrating, you know, all the history and and the the way the game is developed, and it's is it the top seventy five guys? All time, is that, that top seventy five all time, top seventy five all time. Only two Nuggets made that list. Uh, both of the more recent era of Nuggets. Um, have you guys looked all the way top to bottom at this list? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay, so you guys know who the two are. I can't try to surprise you and get them. So we got Carmelo Anthony. And uh, oh, by the way, ESPN then took it upon themselves, as ESPN likes to do, to rank the players. So they didn't actually rank them within their rankings. The NBA didn't, but ESPN took it upon themselves to go rank these guys. They had Carmelo Anthony at number 69. The other nice. nugget, uh, who's not a career nugget, and I guess Melo wasn't either, but Allen Iverson makes the list at coming in at number 31. I think both guys justifiably so although one could argue there's a different nuggets player i may have put ahead of carmelo anthony on that list 
And that's Alex English. He's a guy that obviously was before our time. That's somebody that we didn't get a chance to watch. But when you look we at meaning his, us three. Yes, us three. the three of us. We all are in our 30s. You know, he was playing in what, late 70s, in, you know, in through the 80s. Uh, but was one of the most prolific players throughout the course of the 80s. Uh, I really think he kind of gets forgotten a lot along the way. The Nuggets didn't have a ton of sustained success. I know they were good while he was there, but it was never really great. And even when you see across the NBA, guys outside of Denver are like, whoa, how did he not make this list? It's a joke. I, I could argue if, if Mel is sitting there at 69, maybe he bumps a little further back and Alex English belongs in there. Would you say I'm crazy? I think I think what I struggle with is uh, for me two players in particular made the list. Alex English did not. One, I'm a big fan of Damian Lillard. I don't think he's a top 75 player all time. Also, Anthony Davis made the list, and he was pretty high on ESPN's rankings yeah, and for the record. Again, how much of that is a bene- being a benefactor of being on LeBron James' team? He's a good player for sure, but not a guy that at least with his current body of work, I would say we had a better career. Even though we're still halfway through it. I think it's one of those things that they do this list every 25 years. You can add those guys later. So for me, somebody that's not a nugget that probably should have made it is Dwight Howard. I think Dwight Howard was a huge snub, uh, really impact player, was one of the guys Shaq liked to carry his team, uh, but more so towards, towards Alex English. I think that his body of work in the era that he played in was not rewarded, and you've got guys like Damian Lillard and Anthony Davis on the, on the list. Yeah, you know, I like I like what Nick said. Uh, one, one of Nick's points, I, I I'm going to give Nick some credit here. I like I like what one of Whoa. Nick's points he made just now. Mark this Weird. down. Mark it down. Weird. I like how so so it's at the end of the day, all it is is just an, it's a way to honor like history, and it's a way to honor the players who have been great in this league, and a way to just kind of remember them and honor them, right? To Nick's credit, that's a great point that there are several of these younger players that are still playing right now that can easily be added on in the next 25 years, right? You can easily drop someone like an Alex English off and put in an Anthony Davis, if you so choose to put in a Damian Lillard, right? Um, I would have liked to see him kind of skew their their list more towards players whose careers are over, right? And There's a lot of guys on that list that, that are still playing. Right, exactly. There's, there's quite a bit, and, and I think that you know, so I think that they should have tried to get as many people who are on, in their mind, on the bubble, like an Alex English, um, like a Dwight Howard, maybe even. Um, they should have tried to get as many of those guys as they could into there, fully knowing that in 25 years, you can drop them off the list, bring on some of these other guys. You know, it's whatever. It is what it is. Um, I know Alex English was not happy about it, and neither were a lot of uh, a lot of people in the NBA. So, um, And that's no slight. I mean, look, man, I've told you all the time. I When we did our Nuggets rankings, I put Carmelo as the, as the best Nugget all time until Jokic surplants him and takes his place, of course. Has he done um, that now? He, he might have, yeah. I think he has. He might have. So, uh, you know, there's no disrespect to someone like Melo. You know, I'm not trying to say Melo should not have been in or whatever. I, I would have I rather given the nod to any of these older players that are not in the league anymore versus someone that's in the league. Is Melo still playing? He is. He is with the Lakers. Okay, because every time I see a Lakers game, he's on the bench. I'm like, is he just like a coach now? Did they just like move him down no, the he bench plays. a little bit? It's no. like a Bill Russell that coached and yeah. played. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, he plays. He definitely plays. Did you guys look at those ESPN rankings I sent you? Yeah, I couldn't even look at them after a while. It was so slanted. I feel like what ESPN does is purposely 
make things a little bit controversial. I'm just actually shocked that they didn't get that they gave you more than ten, and then you know usually they give you like the <laughs> first know. ten. They're like, oh, join ESPN Plus or <laughs> pay six dollars and we'll yeah. show you our list. Uh, but I thought it was worth <laughs> noting they answered the age old question: Who is the goat? Uh, we don't have to debate it anymore. Well, Connor's a big LeBron is better than so. MJ fan. Well, obviously the rankings don't lie. Connor. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of come MJ around to number one. I've kind of come around to Nick's point of view that I, I, it's a bad question. It's a, it's it a poor a way bad, to look at it. It is a bad question. I, should I've, be like I've a Mount really, Rushmore. Yeah, I've really come to... Uh, Nick has turned me around to thinking that it is not a good question. I don't like the question. They're totally separate They're players. totally different players. They're really not great to even compare, like, in terms of what they did. I mean, it's like trying to compare, like, you know, Tim Duncan to Allen Iverson. Like, what? How do you compare those two players? You mentioned Tim, and man, he was such a cleaned up, clean guy when he played. And then those dreads, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's doing it so well. I don't think it suits Mel him is, very well. Mel is a great player. I feel like the reason that he gets so much love is because what he did for the uh, the Olympic team in regards to how he was able to get them three golds, things like that. So I feel like that that more than anything. So yeah, I think the three golds was good for Mello in there. So yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I actually like the uh, the athletic did a they did the same thing as ESPN. They ranked them and I, also I like their subscription you have to pay for, but it's cool. I, I like it. I like it. It's <laughs> okay. And I don't want to be that guy. Like obviously people have to make a living. Yeah, this yeah. is, this is their you job know. and their careers, but I hate the way ESPN does that, man. And then especially when you get like prime time games and stuff that are only on ESPN plus, like, you, you know what I hate the most and, and I'm not a huge UFC guy, but to get these UFC fights, you have to be a member of ESPN right. Plus, but that doesn't get you the fights. Then you still have to buy you, the fights. Yeah. So so paying the six dollars a month for ESPN Plus gives you the opportunity to go out now and buy these big now, uh, UFC. Fights. I have a lot of different emails. Don't ask why. There's nothing weird going on there. But could I just like sign up? cancel sign up cancel to get these events or or do you have to like you pay you don't get 30 month 30 days free oh yeah no you'd have to pay for a month mm, see so it's basically just adding six dollars on any of that it's yeah. scam proof well the thing like, about the ufc fights is you know i don't watch all the ufc fights but certainly like the the marquee ones i will definitely spend unfortunately the 60 70 80 dollars that they charge but right. they're they're usually really good well, i find the the lesser of the ones that are not being touted as these great all-time fights are the ones that turn out to be great cards. really and, and a lot of those are actually free with the subscription i was actually referring to more of the the marquee ones all of the all the championship fights or whatever you you still have to purchase so anyways neither here nor there if you guys are <laughs> fans of mixed martial arts there's a great community in scene in Colorado that you can watch local fights probably for a lot less than a UFC fight. Just throwing that out there. All right. Back to the NBA. Coming out of the All-Star break, it's a little more than halfway through the season. Actually, more like two-thirds of the way through the season. Nuggets have played 58 games, which leaves 24 remaining. I hope I did that math right. Um, their last games will be played April 10th. So you got about five or six weeks left in the season here, okay? And the Nuggets are currently sitting in sixth place in the West. First question I want to ask you guys, do you see them moving in this last month or so of the season, or do you think they're pretty nestled in that four, five, six, seven range? Uh, I, I do see them moving up. I do see them. I, I, I see them moving. Uh, it it, it kind of depends on, it, on if they obviously get back. Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, when do they get them back? Um, 
how do they look when they come back, right? Like, you know, are they able to play pretty efficiently right away? Or, um, But you know what? I, I think I see them moving up. I, I feel like at the very least, they'll be a five. I, I do feel like a five seed is probably where they'll be. Uh, the Nuggets have the uh, quote-unquote easiest schedule in the NBA post-All-Star break. Um, they have a lot of home games. They play a lot of sub-500 teams. I think that it, it it's shaping up to where I, I do believe that the Nuggets will move up and, and catch the Mavericks for the fifth seed. Um, but, you know, with that said, they're, they're still probably going to be a, a uh, fifth seed. Start of the week. Start of the week. Start of the week. I'm getting good at that. Oh, there it is. The start of the week. Now, when we look at the NBA history in terms of what seeds have won a championship, I'm sure it would shock nobody to learn that 72% of all championship winners were the number were a number one seed in their perspective. Or, uh, respective I feel like com- that's conferences. opposite of most fantasy football leagues <laughs> where the one seed always blows it. <laughs> Now, the last time a six seed, um, a six seed or or lower, um, won the NBA Finals was the Houston Rockets, 94-95. That's 1994-1995. Hakeem, right? Hakeem Olajuwon, if and I'm so, not mistaken. And so, okay. So now, I got, now I'm going to flip this for you guys here. I'm going to flip it on you, okay? How many four through eight seeds... Would you guess have appeared in an NBA Finals? Not one, but just appeared. Two. Four, five, six, seven, and eight seeds. Nick oh, says we're two? talking percentage-wise? Nope, just numbers of teams. Numbers How many of teams, teams in NBA history have been a four NBA through eight history. seed? In 75 years yep, 75 of NBA years. history. I'm going to say quite a few. I'm going to say like 20-ish. Nick, what do you got? Two. Two. All right. I also like to live dangerously. The correct answer is four. (laughs) It has happened four times. (laughs) I thought he was giving me a trick. I thought he was giving me a trick question. It has happened four times. Those teams are two and two uh, in in finals appearances. Uh, The let's see. So the teams that won were the seven 2017-18 Cleveland Cavaliers. LeBron James, four seed, had won one. Uh, How did they end up a four seed in the East? Wow. <laughs> and then must have been a really bad And, and then team. the Houston Rockets in 94-95. The other two that lost in the finals were the 98-99 New York Knicks and the 2019-2020 Miami Heat. So there you go. My point my point by I, I wanted to bring that up just to kind of put some perspective on this season, okay? Now I understand if Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray come back and they're playing well, the nug- you can make a you could definitely make an argument that the Nuggets are a kind of a very unique sixth seed or fifth seed, right? I mean, in, in terms of you know, um, they didn't have two of their best, two of their three best players all year, so it's kind of a facade that they are that low. But I'm also just saying this to put it once again in, into perspective: teams with lower seeds do not win the NBA final. I mean, it just doesn't happen very often, and so we should temper our expectations. I do not expect this year, unfortunately, to be the year that the Nuggets have a chance to really compete. And just for some perspective for everyone out there that may not be looking at the uh, Western Conference standings right now, so the Nuggets are sitting in the sixth seed. They are 15 games back of the first seed, okay? The team sitting in the fourth seed, so two spots ahead of the Nuggets, the Jazz are the Jazz 12 games back, okay? So Nuggets are even three games back of them. For the Nuggets to get into that top three seed, what's Connor's talking about, the the 
by far the majority of teams that make to the finals, they would have to make up seven games or more, potentially depending on you know how well the, the Memphis Grizzlies, who are the third seed play, they're only sitting eight games back. So they are seven games ahead of the Nuggets with 24 to play. That is a lot to think the Nuggets can surpass that many teams coming up, even if they get all their guys back. Yeah, so a couple thoughts. I don't really think that our seeding is a true representation of how good the Nuggets are. We haven't had a full team all year, so credit to the Nuggets for being where they're at with the record that they have. The thing that makes me nervous is a couple things. Chris Paul is out for six to eight weeks with a, I think it's a fractured thumb. Mm-hmm. So they're obviously going to drop. So I don't really look at them as, as, as that's the team to catch. I think, I don't think there's any way we catch golden state. I do think that we, we being the nuggets can beat Memphis. I do think that's, that's the reality. I think the nuggets are kind of where they're at. Unfortunately, I think best case scenario, they go to fifth seed. You have to really hope that Phoenix doesn't drop too much because there is going to be a very big drop off without Chris Paul. So sort of crystal crystal ball looking you kind of have to start start at least paying attention to matchups things like that because if we get phoenix with a healthy chris paul that's trouble also depending on the guards that we have available like i said i think obviously the two big horses are phoenix and golden state Doncic has been playing out of his mind i don't see a way that they play any worse than they did to start the season so i think the nuggets are kind of stuck in that six seed Obviously, if we can stay in the sixth seed, we're out of the play-in tournament. So I'd say fifth or sixth for the Nugs. And then I've said this all year. It just depends on how Murray comes back. You want to make a uh, coffee bet, Nick, that the Nuggets get above a, a sixth seed? Venti? Yeah, yeah, Venti. With cream? Whatever, however you like it. Whoa. Buddy. Whoa. You want to do it? Let's yeah, go t- right yeah. now. Yeah, deal. Shaking. Right, you're we're shaking. Shaking. We're, we're, so you think shaking. they're going to be fourth or I think higher? No, higher than sixth. So fifth. I think they're going to be fifth or if higher. If it's fifth, it's nil. If they go fourth or higher, you win. Hmm. So the line is set at five. The line is set at five. Over hmm. under. I just don't see it. I, I well, I don't t- see under. I, I see him being under. five, but I'm, I'm really confident. Under. I'll give you five to one odds that they're fifth. Five to one odds that they're fifth. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna stay at six. I don't. I really don't believe it. They have the easiest schedule in the NBA. They're gonna. They're gonna creep their way above the the Mavericks. They are. It's gonna happen. You so mark my words. Okay, deal. Okay, shake. Right, see, shake. and I would actually argue, Connor, that if Jamal Murray comes back. Not to say that he makes the team worse, but you're you're got a little bit of a chemistry thing to work through there for a few nah. games, and I could see nah. maybe uh, have nah. a little bit of a little bit of a stumble, a little bit of losing streak in there. Nah. Maybe just maybe. No, no, okay. not maybe. Okay. No, nah, man, they they played together for too long. Their their chemistry is going to come right back. I mean, uh, now Jamal's legs aren't going to come right back. You're gonna you're likely going to see less of his signature step back threes. You're not going to see quite the, I, I, like at first. I mean, just Nick's giving me a look, but but th- those are a little harder on the knees. I would anticipate that. At first, for the first few weeks of him playing, it might be a little him getting his legs under him. He's probably not going to play tons of minutes. Um, probably won't have quite, but he's still going to have the he's still going to have the two man. Well, the Jokic, ar- and the that argu- chemistry is going to be there. Sorry, go. No, I interrupted you. The argument would be that that because Murray's easing in back into it, possibly Porter Jr., they're going to lose some games because of that. They're going to sacrifice some games for the sake of getting these guys Which back, they should. In, back if into that's, rhythm. If you're trying to get those guys back in, it's not because you want to win games necessarily. You want to be ready for the playoffs. We'll see. You know what? I'm going to be right about this, just like I was right about Boogie Cousins. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who, Connor, one up. you got some breaking news for us? Well, it's not that breaking, but I am going to bring it up. It is as of today, February 22nd. Two, uh, two, 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 two. Yeah, Sham Sharina has, from The Athletic has, has said that the Nuggets are uh, going to sign DeMarcus Cousins for the rest of the season here in the next couple of days. And so... Uh, as you'll recall, a couple a couple weeks ago, you no know, big deal. I uh, probably should have <laughs> probably should have made a bet with Nick on that one too, but you know, 
It's not like I was wrong or anything. You're that guy know. that gets through like the end of the season like, oh, I almost put that bet on the Rams to win the championship. No, Jared. I'm the guy that did put the money oh. on the Rams to win the championship. Yikes. Correction. Yikes. Damn it. I said right into hey, that. Though, hey, though, it looks, it looks, it looks like Demarcus Cousins is going to be here for the rest of the season. I really like, I like it. I like what I've seen so far with him. The Nuggets are eight and zero. Uh, now I'm not saying it's because of Demarcus Cousins. He he is not the reason they've now won eight that games. they have signed in. They probably won't lose a game the rest of the season. Most <laughs> yeah, there you go. So uh, they are eight and zero when he plays. I think he he brings a, a really great presence, e- even beyond just the the X's nose uh, in the locker room. We talked a little bit about it last week. He brings kind of a a toughness and uh, with a team that has a lot of you know more quiet leadership style like a lot of uh, a lot of the guys on the nuggets are a little bit quieter or more quiet he has a huge personality and he is just he's booming and so i i think it's what the nuggets need i like it and uh, i'm excited to see what he does for the rest of the season yeah it'll be interesting the teams that started hot with the exception of golden state uh phoenix but it'll be interesting to see what happens to phoenix what happens to um dallas so it'll be a good good run to the to the end of the season so and that's the other thing I want to discuss is is kind of the storylines for the Nuggets. I think we've touched on a few of them here. What what are the biggest storylines to watch for, for us as fans, for, for them as a team, for the my final month plus, we're going to call it, okay? I want to start here because it's something that you just kind of tied into with them signing, uh, reportedly, allegedly, signing Boogie Cousins. Uh, one of the things that I think is one of the key storylines that's, that's not – being talked about a ton is Nicole Jokic's minutes being played night in and night out and how that impacts the Nuggets going into the playoffs. And I just look back at last year during the playoffs where we saw Jokic, frankly, gas out. I think he got, by the time he got to that Phoenix Sun series, he had carried this team as far as he could carry them. And he, he, you started to see him fatigue. Now he's actually playing, believe it or not, less minutes this year than he was averaging last year. This year he's averaging about 33 minutes a game. That's down about a minute and a half per game for what he was averaging last year, but still a lot. He's on the court a lot. He's playing the tough key minutes and there's just not a whole lot the Nuggets have done or frankly can do when they're not at full strength so, to get him more rested and refreshed. Did you just say he was playoffs. at 33 minutes this, per this game? This year. Okay. So I just pulled up uh, minutes per game um, for the NBA. And when you account for only players who have played above 40 games, uh, he's not even in the top 50. Interesting. Uh, so I'm not concerned about that okay. at all. Not, I mean, not even a little well, bit. And, and what concerns me is more... Based on last year's history, what I saw from Jokic last year is a guy that literally looked like at the end of that series he could not continue on and carry this team that way. He was fatigued, and I think for the Nuggets to have a chance at a championship, it takes not only Michael Porter Jr. coming back looking good, Jamal Murray coming back looking good, but it takes a full-strength fully energized Nikola Jokic. Otherwise, I think even with all the other guys coming back, this Nuggets team falls short. Well, so I think that's a key thing for so, me to so, see this. So I do think last so last year Jokic was playing more minutes. I mean, first of all, uh, secondly, 
uh, you could make the argument it was a much t- it was even a tougher season because they had a really short rest coming off yes, the bubble coming, season. Yeah. They had a very condensed season. They were the playing, Olympics. You know, were they were, they were there. playing. Uh, there were several times they played four games in five nights. I mean, it, it was a whole different beast even than this year. I would say. Okay, I so like it. You're making me feel better about this. I like. Um, this. I would also say you know part of that is I mean hey Jokic Jokic played a ton of minutes in the playoffs which is expected, uh, but but they didn't really have other scoring options outside of him. So he was really asked to do absolutely everything for that playoff run. Uh, you know, I think, and then I think honestly, part of it's just this false narrative that he was fatigued. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. He didn't, he didn't look fatigued to you. Yeah. I watched that game. I think they all look fatigued at that point. I mean, like, you know, they're all like tired. They're all, they're all fighting. They're all tired. They're all playing tons of minutes. All the starters are anyways. And, um, you know, I let me just put it this way, Jared. I am not. I, that does not concern me. Good. It I'm really glad doesn't. to hear that. It doesn't. That makes me feel uh, better. The only the only way you said it that the Nuggets are going to comp- contend for a championship is is if we get our players back and they're playing well. I mean, that's it. I mean, it really comes down to that. And if it comes down if if they're pl- uh, in the lineup, they're playing well, then I think the Nuggets have a chance. But uh, uh, you know, I don't I don't see that necessarily happening this year. I, I, like I said, I don't I don't see them both coming back and and being super impactful. You know, I, I would love to be wrong. That would be awesome. Um, but you know, it, it would take a little bit off Jokic's plate. He can't he cannot be asked. And, and for that matter, almost no MB. I, I don't think there's anybody really that that can be asked to just carry it by themselves and win an NBA title. I mean, you go look at all the, all the championship teams. They always have another player. It's not just one superstar. There's always two people playing at a very, very high level, at least to win a championship. Nick, we're going to say something. No, sorry. No, I mean, I think, I think for me, it's tough because Jokic is playing out of his mind, MVP caliber level. I think he's a guy that you've got to find some way when we talk about Jokic, we talk about, in my opinion, the effect that he has when he's off the court. So when we talk about can Jokic keep it up, what's expected of him, the minutes that he's playing, how can we somehow coast for those minutes that he's not playing come playoff time to make up for his absence? No, that's that's exactly it. So, I mean, the Nuggets are outscoring opponents by 15.3 points per 100 possessions when Nikola Jokic is on the court. And they're outscored by uh, almost six points when he's off the court. So that's a, a 20.7 on-off net rating, and it's by far the highest in the NBA. Uh, to put it in another way, the Nuggets net rating in terms of plus-minus when, when he is on the court, uh, they're they're better than the, the Phoenix Suns, the, be- the best team in the NBA in terms of his plus-minus when he's out there. I'm just trying to put it in perspective, right? Uh, when he is off the court, their negative numbers are worse than the the Pistons, the the worst team in the in the league. So I mean, it's really a swing. Like like when he's on the Nuggets, when Jokic is on the floor, the Nuggets can go toe to toe with anybody in the league. And when he's off, they they really struggle. So they, they struggle. what's the solution to that question? Just being healthy. Yes, that is the that's, solution. They, they, there isn't anything the Nuggets really well, can that's truly a, that's do what without they, that. That's what they brought on Demarcus Cousins for. In my opinion, is to be able to alleviate not fix but alleviate or sort of band-aid that that defense a that defensive hole and, and Jokic isn't even the an awesome defensive player he's solid but uh, you, you need some way to be able to stretch out those minutes that he rests yeah no absolutely I, I think it really comes with being healthy though I mean you, you got to be able to get somebody like a Monte Morris on, on the bench unit maybe a Will Barton on the bench um and, you know, because that's, that's the other thing you don't think about, right? Like, yes, you're getting Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray back, but that leaves two starters uh, able to slide down into the bench role and, and at least stagger, and, and it makes your bench a lot more lethal. So, 
Okay, so you're not concerned about my storyline. That's good to hear. What are you? What are your biggest storylines? What is your biggest storyline, Connor? Well, for me, I think the biggest one is obviously the the health of of uh, Porter Jr. and and Jamal Murray. Um, but I'm going to go less obvious, right? Because I mean, that's obvious. Everybody don't knows need to that. take low hanging yeah. fruit. Everybody understands that that is the storyline for these Nuggets. Uh, for me. I'm going to get at the one thing I'm going to be following heavily over this stretch run is can Nikola Jokic repeat as the most valuable player of the MVP or of the NBA? Uh, and I think he should. Um, I think there's a great argument to be made for several players right now. I, I honestly, though, if you're not going to men- if, if your argument is somebody that's not named Jokic, Embiid, or Giannis, then I'm not really sure if we should take you seriously because <laughs> to, to me you could He's make calling an, argument. You an idiot. He's calling you, somebody out there. You absolutely could make the argument for those three. I would argue Nikola Jokic. I clearly have a bias there, um, but for me that's the story. I, that's my storyline. I want to see. I want to see. Can he? repeat as MVP and join one of the very few members of NBA history to do so. And when you look at just pure statistics, I mean, his numbers are better. Correct me if I'm wrong. His numbers are better this year than what we saw last year. Uh, For the most part, you could make that argument. His his rebounds are way up. His points are a little bit down. Um, his assists are, I mean, just a smudge down. All of his efficiency numbers are up from last year. Uh, his rebounds, like I said, are way up, like significantly up. So yeah, I would argue for sure that this is a better season than he had last year. Um, he He's an advanced analytics darling. I mean, if you value advanced analytics in the NBA, there's really no way you can look at Nikola Jokic's season and think, hey, he's not going to win the MVP. I mean, he's that good to the advanced data. So, Do you guys think there is any traction being gained nationally that you think there's actually legitimately yeah. he may win this? Yeah, I mean, it's between him and Embiid for sure. I don't really know much about Giannis, but I think it's definitely a, a, a two-horse race right now, and Giannis could come in, Steph could get hot. All it takes is for Steph to go on some 7-8, 40-point point game, 30-point game streak for him to be right back in it. So That's true. You know, that's very true. And I think right now it is, it is a two-horse race with, with Giannis lurking in there as well. I mean, he's having a great season. Um you know, I, I, I love this. Uh, you know you know what I dislike? And I see this from people on social media all the time. Why do Joel Embiid fans and Nikola Jokic fans feel the need to put down the other player in order to make their case why their player is the best? I, I just don't it's get just, it. It's they're human both such, nature. They're, they're, but they're fantastic. I mean, I'm a huge Nikola Jokic fan, and that is my guy. That's why I want to win MVP. But how can you not watch Joel Embiid and just love watching his game? I mean, it's, he's so it's much no fun to different watch. He's than, amazing. The, than the MJ LeBron argument. If you if you're a believer in one, you have to trash the other to prove your point, <laughs> at least in your own mind. <laughs> and that's just in hu- it's people's human nature to do that. So I think that's the easiest way to prove why your guy is so much better is to find all the flaws in the other guy that you you know, maybe overlook in your guy that you're that's in your corner. So it, it might be, but but I, I'm here. I am here. I will tell you, to tell I'm one of them. I just don't like him. Don't know why. Have no reason not to like him but i'm just conditioned not to like joel Embiid. just oh, in my head but he, he's great he's so much fun to watch and i think he's probably fantastic. because he's just the east coast darling and i've always hated that in sports i just i do i hate the bias that east coast gets in so many aspects of it so i just again instinctually tend to root against teams and players like that but, but that's why is- i never liked the yankees or Derek jeter or any oh, of those Derek guys jeter. just just never did. Always rooted against him my whole life. Yikes. Yeah, but how do you not... I mean, how do you not look at this? And I mean, this is so good for the NBA. I mean, 
Yeah, I can appreciate they're, they're taken, it. They're taken in the same draft, mind you, right? The 2014 draft. I actually didn't draft. even know that. Yeah, yeah. Joel Embiid was number two, I believe, uh, in that draft. Aaron Gordon was taken in that draft. Gary Harris was taken in that draft. Um, there, there's quite a few. That draft, actually, if we go back, uh, someday I'll, we'll, we'll have to go through some of these. You know, in the offseason, we might have to do some of our best draft class rankings. Gonna make because 2014 might be on that list. Uh, it didn't have quite the star power that like the LeBron Carmelo uh, draft had, but... It is just chock full of role players. I mean, I mean, seriously, you go look at 2014 draft. It is like role player central. Just tons of people who are who are doing well. But I, to get back to the point, I think it is so good for the NBA. You have two guys from from this 2014 draft class that are panning out to really be some of the best players in the NBA. This is good news for for anyone who likes basketball and likes the. State but don't of the, you think it's even better for the NBA to have a good yeah, guy and a, a bad guy? I feel like you need that tension. Well, where there's there's a little hatred. I think sometimes you lose out when when everyone loves everyone. It's just well, not but, as but, good but drama. So I, have, I have my hate. I, I get. I you know hate's a strong word. I don't hate any of these guys particularly, right? But but I definitely root against some of these guys. Like actively root against. Uh, you know, for instance, somebody that I am not a huge fan of is uh, is uh, James Harden. Okay, I am not a huge James Harden fan. I respect his game. I mean, he's he's a prolific scorer. Um, but but I'm not a huge fan of him. I, I don't like his attitude. I don't like his uh, de- dependency at times on drawing fouls. Um, his game's not. And someone I know Nick roots against is Trey Young. He he's not a Trey Young. Guy. Uh, I don't root against Trey Young. <laughs> okay. I don't actively dislike him. Okay. I dislike his game in the sense he's so good that he should not have to. I don't even know how to say it. I I hate the flopping. I don't dislike James Harden. He's a fantastic player. They'd have way more respect in my very small book of things that matter. He just I don't I don't like the 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 intense head bobbing that, that goes with driving the lane. But he's a fantastic player. But I see Connor's point. But but so there are those guys. And, and for me, Steph Curry is another one in terms of what, superstars. What about Chris that, Paul? Does Chris Paul? Fall I like on that Chris list? Paul a lot. Oh, I love Chris Paul. The nut puncher. Come on, man. I really like Chris Paul. I think he's he's brilliant. Oh, Chris Paul. I've disliked him all the way back to was it Wake Forest? Wake that he was Forest. At? He was oh. nice at Wake Forest. Yeah, but he was a nut puncher then too. But Once a nut puncher, always, always a nut puncher. A nut puncher. <laughs> But you know what? Joel Embiid, for me, does not fall on that list. I think he's a good guy. He, By all accounts, he seems to be a good guy. He's really confident, of course. It, it, you know, And he definitely is a little different than Jokic, whereas they ask Jokic about the MVP during the All-Star game, and he gives the whole, uh, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm just doing my thing, and if they want to give it to me, they will. And, and then he makes a joke and goes, actually, I think they can give it to someone else this year because his wife, he's like, my wife says, uh, we have to have another baby before I win any more MVPs. So <laughs> <laughs> I think you can give it to another guy this year. So he's cracking jokes, right? And they give it to, uh, you know, they ask Joel the same question. And he's the guy that goes, well, I think my play speaks for itself. And uh, so, you know what? He, they are a little different of a person, but all in all, when you watch Joel Embiid give interviews and stuff, he, he doesn't strike me as someone that's just like in your face, arrogant. Like he, he's very confident, um, but he seems like a good guy. I mean, and I, I really love watching him play. So I can't go there with you on Embiid Nuggets Nation. Okay. I know there's people out there that are like, what are you talking about? We got to, you know, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that I do not encourage putting down Embiid. You don't need to do it to make the case for Nikola because I think Nikola has a case by itself. You don't need to, but it makes it a lot more fun. <laughs> it makes when it you more do. fun. Nick, Nick, anything you want to add? Big storylines for the final month plus, the, month plus of the season before we move on. I think my storyline for the year, I think a big reason. I know a lot of my personal friends don't particularly care for this player. I think it for me, what's going to help the Nuggets get through this final stretch run is how 
does our boy Will Barton play through the final month of the season? He's had a very good year. Solid, solid has year. has been able to avoid the injury bug for once. Um, I think he's averaging something like 15 points a game. He's right at 37% from three, 44% from the field. He is like what six the, rebounds, six assists. He I is like what the kids call a gunner. So definitely is a shot first type player. But if uh, he, he's definitely as much as I would dislike saying this, sometimes you need that. So for me, he's he's the guy to watch this year in regards to does his play translate into wins for the Nuggets. And I feel the need to to put my two cents in here because I have been called the Will Barton hater on the show, and I, I have to tend to <laughs> agree <am>. with you. <laughs> and I am. And actually, that's true. And, and I said this at the beginning of the season. Once Murray and MPJ went down, it's like what's always bothered me about Barton is he wants to be that when he's clearly the fourth or be- fifth best option there. He still thinks he's the best option. He still thinks he's the guy that should be the one taking those shots and should be getting those minutes. He doesn't understand his role when he is a role player he has been asked this season by the nuggets to be more than just a role player and he's done solid as you said i think i think there's been some highs and some lows i think he has proven in my mind he is not a star in this league and never has been never will be but he has been a solid player for the nuggets now where i will turn this on to you nick is not just how he performs through the end of the season but let's Envision a hypothetical world. Okay, I'm closing my eyes. Go on. Where <laughs> Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. Okay. are in the starting lineup. Okay. First round of the playoffs. Whoa. What does his role look like there, and can he accept that lesser role, Will Barton, I mean? I think if there's one thing that we've learned about Will Barton that I believe to be true is that he is a team-first guy. I think, so I think he is the guy that understands. I think he's finally getting to that point in his career where the legacy is starting to matter a little bit more than the money. So we figured this out. I don't I don't think it was last year. I think it was might have been the year before. I can't remember which, but he willingly... I, I can't remember exactly. I'm going to, I'm going to ruin this, but I think he purposely was willing to come off the bench for the sake of this is last year. It was last year. He, he was willing to come off the bench for the sake of the rotation and willing to, to take that back seat, knowing that he could get more minutes as needed and, and he would be there come crunch time. So to your point, I do think Will Barton is a guy that if he, from his perspective, sees an opportunity for the Nuggets to win, he will gladly take that role. I actually love the idea of Will Barton as your sixth man. Like I, I really think that gives the Nuggets a, a fairly dynamic scorer off the bench. A guy that... He's the perfect sixth man. Yes, because people always want to say, well, you put Monte Morris to the bench. I don't think that's the right move. I think that he is Will Barton is the better ideal fit to come from the bench because he can be the feature guy when your other starters aren't there because they're on the bench or whatever the circumstances may be. Uh, Jamal Murray coming back, probably starting with limited minutes. He's that guy that can then come in for Murray sub and it still gives you some of that firepower off the bench. I think that's an ideal situation for the Nuggets. So I do think that's my sort of key you know, the guys are setting their role. I think the one guy whose role can, I hate to say dramatically, it's extreme, but I think the one guy whose role can increase or decrease based on the team needs the most 
of those guys would be Aaron Gordon and Will Barton. And I think Will Barton is the one that needs to be able willing to either take on a bigger role or sacrifice based on the need of the team. Yeah, I think so. And, and you bring it up last year. It was last year. And it was after he made those comments about how he's a starter and that's what he wants to be. And he knows he can start in this league and blah, blah, blah. And I think, I think a lot of people gave him some crap for that. Um, but then when it, when push came to shove and it was time to go to the bench, uh, Malone was very, I mean, uh, like very outright saying, look, you guys got this guy wrong. I mean, he, he comes to me and he says, coach, I understand I'm going to go to the bench. And like, that's, that's what we're going to do. So I, I like it, Nick. I like it. Hey, I like your Will Barton. Take. Are we on today? Are word of the day for us is synergy, oh, Connor? I yeah. know, and that's Whoa. weird. I hate it. That's I hate yeah, it. I don't like it either. We better <laughs> we better wrap this up pretty quick then. Uh, one last topic though before we get out of here. Yeah, here. I, I do one more hit. topic that'll surely get Nick. <laughs> yes. <on> his. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's see if I can drive a stake between the two of you uh, guys. Uh-huh. Uh, I just wanted to touch a little bit on the ongoing situation with the MLB lockout, which as of Tuesday, February twenty second, is two, 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 two. continuing ongoing. Uh, with really no end in sight. There's not been a ton of progress made, and I know Connor can touch on that probably a little bit more in detail than I can, but I know that it has been publicly stated previously by the Major League Baseball, by the owners, that they felt if an agreement was not reached by the end of February, which is a week from yesterday, so this upcoming Monday the 28th, the end of February, if a deal is not reached, they foresee this will delay the start of the season. They, we talked a few weeks ago that we thought a week or two is all they needed. They said they think they need a month Whoa. for this season to actually start on time. So if it doesn't happen this week, we're potentially talking about, if we're sitting here next week and this hasn't happened, probably talking about a shortened Amazing. MLB season in some capacity, yes. whether that's lesser games or condensing or uh, whatever along the way. Uh, Connor, anything you want to add as far as any progress or things that have been done or said or who hates who right now within this situation <laughs> uh, it's a tough this is a tough look for the mlb right now uh and we all here love major league baseball yeah. especially producer nick oh we love um it. <laughs> i try to catch like at least 100 games uh, not every in year. person in person yeah okay yeah, good obviously. now that we're on the same page uh no this, this is a bad look it, it, for a game that's already struggling for, for viewership and it's on the decline weird um it's a really really bad look for him I, this is this is drawing way longer. Um, it, it, there does not seem to be much progress being made. Um, and, and what what scares me from a Rockies fan perspective is a lot of these things that are being pushed as as hard points. I mean, like hard line line in the sand. We will not go past this by the union, the players. Is going to ultimately make it tougher for teams like the Rockies to compete. And uh, so a couple things that that, that are huge sticking points right now. Um, one would be the players want nothing to do with a salary cap, obviously, right? I mean, that that's kind of true with every uh, players union. They don't like salary caps because that obviously means they get paid less, generally speaking. Um, but in baseball, there is no salary cap. Uh, now, what the players are arguing, which they are correct, is that there is a luxury tax, essentially, kind of like the NBA, and it gets pretty steep. Once you reach that point, you have to pay a tax. And so the players are very, 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 very staunch on saying that number needs to be higher before you hit that tax and start paying. Um, the other things that players do not like at all, uh, doesn't necessarily, well, I'm sorry, let me go back because that, uh, just the salary cap thing, right? Um, that's going to hurt the Rockies. If they take away that salary cap, then, then the teams like the Dodgers and the Cubs and the Yankees, they're going to be able to pay even more money for these players. It's going to create a bigger gap, uh, even a bigger gap. Uh, so that's, that's one thing. And then the second thing 
that the players union are really um, staunch on is they want there to be uh, less incentive for a team to tank. Uh, and so there's this thing in baseball, not to get too in the weeds here, but there's a thing called revenue sharing. Okay. And essentially like 47% of your revenue as a team gets put into a pool and then redistributed equally to all 30 teams. And so oh, it kind of sounds like communism <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of, except for only 47% communism. Okay. Uh, so, uh, not a team like the Rockies, but a team like the the Marlins or the the Padres used to be a team like this. The Diamondbacks. Um, there's these teams that essentially year in and year out are not even spending their payroll for players um, as much as they get on that revenue sharing check. And so these players are like, hey. What the heck's up with that? We like some of these teams, they just tank every year. I mean, that's what they do. They tank, they try to get draft picks, they try to go as cheap as they possibly can, right? Um, and so the players are really, really, really for trying to curb this tanking. And so one of the, the things that they're trying to push is they want the bottom seven, I believe, seven or eight um, uh, teams to, ha or, uh, to have a lottery for a draft pick instead of just you know, the worst team gets the first draft Similar picks. to what we see in the NBA. Right, exactly. And so they think that that'll, that'll help prevent tanking. Uh, the league doesn't like that. Um, you know, th those are a couple points. There, there's, a, there's a lot more in it. And if we had more time and more interest, I could get into more detail with you on these different sticking points. But to, long story short, when you look at this, the players are asking for a very hardline stance on certain things. And they have not budged at all, right? The league comes in with some pretty hard stance the other way. And have come a little bit actually towards the players, just a little bit, nothing crazy. But when when you really look at it now, at the end of the day, so they've had all the you know several meetings and they've got, they've gone back and forth. The current proposal by the league is up to the to the uh, the previous uh, agreement. Like all these sticking points, the league's basically conceded we won't go our direction, right? So I would anticipate that in order for this to get done, the league's going to have to give in a little bit to some of these player demands because that's what you've seen. You've already seen. But here's the reality of it is NFL or, or MLB owners could survive with the money that they have. I guarantee you every single one of them is going to do just fine if you miss a season. How many Major League Baseball players will be doing just fine missing out on a paycheck for exactly. an entire season? That's what ends up happening in these negotiations. It starts to get to the 11th hour, and the players start to cave. The NFL has been the worst historically, where the players pretty much cave to everything that the owners want. Um you know, maybe maybe the pl baseball players association holds a little more firm, but ultimately it comes down to the players are the ones most directly affected. And I'm not talking about the hundred million dollar players. I'm talking the guy that's barely on the major league roster. That's probably not making more than some of you guys listening out there. Well, well, okay. that's tough for those guys to survive. That's very true. But one of the things that the MLB, the owners, are trying to do is they're trying to limit the amount of players in the farm system. For instance, right. That's one thing they're trying to do. They're trying to not raise the league minimums, right? And so that's true. But at the same time, even a lot of these fringe players in the minor league systems are saying, look, we'll be out of a job. Like what's worse, not getting a check for one year or, or not 
being in a job for the next 10 years for, for baseball. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, so it's, it's, it's interesting, but, um, you know, long story short, I, I mean, we're at this point. I, I don't see any way that this season starts on time. There's no chance. Uh, very little chance, I would say. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. And and from a Rockies perspective, it's going to be really interesting to see because the things that the players union are talking about, quite frankly, are not good for the way the Rockies do business uh, in terms of if we want to compete and win win a World Series. So. So, you know what the Montfort should do? Is just sell the team. S- no, <laughs> nope. Just oh. s- I mean, yes, but <laughs> sell tickets. That too. Sell tickets. Don't even put a team on the field. People still show up. They really would. They really would. Same okay. same as now. One thing I want to touch on, and I know we're getting long here, and I know we want to get out of here. There's there's a few proposals that I've seen out there that uh, the the two that I've heard from MLB Players Association that seems like the owners are on board with is the Universal DH. I think that's cool. I'd love to see them go for that. I think that makes baseball better. Yes. Love it. The other one, I'm which in. I didn't even know was a thing until Connor told me about it a year ago, was the removal of the draft pick compensation if you have free agents signed away. Never knew that existed. Sounds like it's a smart thing. Everyone seems to be on board with that. So, well, uh, uh, not so much, but but what it, what it seems like they're gonna, they're probably going to move towards is, and this affects the Rockies, is like with Trevor Story. So he, uh, we gave him a qualifying offer. He declined it. Therefore, when he... It doesn't when he uh, goes to another team, we get a draft pick based off of where we picked him. Essentially, um, the uh, uh, they are talking about moving it towards where you get a compensa- uh, compensation draft pick, but it'll be tied to how much money he signs for on a new team, which to me makes nice. more sense. I yeah, think. For sure. uh, the last one though, and I want to touch on this because I want to get your guys' opinion because I think it's the weirdest thing this playoff expansion discussion which is the owners are trying to gain more revenue as they're starting to lose some other things they want to expand 10 to 14 teams in total so it'd be seven from nl seven from al you guys know how i feel about expanding the playoffs you are diluting it you have half of your league in it yes not good okay but here's the weirdest thing so the the number one team the top division winner there are three divisions in each right the top division winner gets a buy goes into the divisional round the number two ranked divisional winner then gets to choose this team gets to choose which wild card team they want to play i hate that it's not based on any merit anything like that and i'm like are we getting to like valentine's day in middle school now like now we're choosing teams and then could you imagine being that number two seed that chooses then you get to play a three game series all at home for that number two seed and that's the wild card. And then the three would also get to choose, which then, as I was doing the math to it, leaves a couple of teams that would just be wild cards playing each other, I guess, because you got seven that would leave six anyways. So weird, right? Like It just seems weird. it's just obviously revenue grabbing. It's a way for the league to spice things up and say that they're changing, that they're getting with the times and things like that. So but they're totally missing the point, Correct. Though, right? Well, Nobody cares to see this. And the, and the players generally like those types of things too because, it, it again, it gets back to the tanking. And it, and it helps prevent teams from tanking because you think you have a chance to make the playoffs. More teams are in it. And ultimately, that means less tanking. So I, I don't know. I you know we'll, we'll see how it works out. But uh, I generally like more teams making the playoffs. I know you and I have a disagreement on that. But yeah, it's uh, dumb. We'll I knew at hey, some point we'd all yeah, disagree. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't even matter if there's enough. no season. So, anyways. Oh, they'll find a way. <laughs> Just hopefully, it's a perfect scenario for Nick and I. We get like a 50-game season, 
and yes. watch the playoffs. I'll watch like, every game. 50 I'm games. totally into this. Biggest Rockies fan ever. Yeah, <laughs> I think this could be good. You're on to something, MLB. You're doing it all the wrong <laughs> ways, but you're on but to we'll something get there. here. We're, we'll get there. All right, be sure to tune in next week. We'll talk a little bit of, of Avalanche. We didn't get to that this week. We'll have plenty more Nuggets talk, and we'll see where this MLB lockout continues. For Connor and Nick, I'm Jared. Thanks for tuning in to Red Rock Sports.